0: Put that coffee down. That's a clown question, bro.
1: Happy New Year. Here we are, finally. We are back. Another episode, the first of 2021, off script with Lance Zerline and Eric Layden. Uh, dude, I am fired up to be back. It feels, it just feels like a new year. We needed, we needed a cleanse. We needed to take a little time off. And, uh, and here we are with a killer guest lined up for today. And um, I'm just, I'm just pumped to be back with you. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. So the last episode was post Thanksgiving and my wife,
0: stop me like she called she goes listen I know that you've got she had this really serious tone saying I know you've got a lot of stuff going on uh in your life and that you've got to do your football stuff and you've got you know radio and you've got all this and she said uh she said but you're gonna have to find an hour to an hour and a half every week to do the podcast with Eric because this is just too good she said these episodes have been so good. And then after that, we, uh, we didn't do one for about a month. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, cause you well, know why? Cause she's not going to tell me what to do.
1: Right. Right. So Nicole, as our uh, executive producer, had mm-hmm. she said, I really think you guys need to take a month off. We would have racked out about 10.
0: Yeah, not, no doubt.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's just a way um, to, to fight back against the man. That's all it is really. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I, I you know, I was underwater with not only travel and holiday stuff that we all were, but um but I have officially made the move further down south uh and and you know, I am no longer after 23 years a Los Angelesian. Um How does it feel? It did you go to Mexico good, or where did you go? <laughs> we're closer to Mexico. We're oh, moving okay. closer. <laughs> yeah, uh we're we're down south in San Diego uh, in a beach town called La Jolla. And it's, it's where I've been obviously since March, but you know, it's until you sell a house in Los Angeles until you're gone, like officially gone, it just, it always felt like I had a, I was kind of here And now, uh, with the move, which God moves are so stressful and emotional <clears throat> and just right. hard, but now it feels finally, uh, official, so it's good, man. It comes at a good time. I I went out yesterday. I surfed for a couple hours, and uh, I'm just I'm looking forward to uh, a little bit more of a quiet uh, quality of life when I'm not working. So I'm and escaping. you couldn't get that in Los Angeles. No, you can't escape it. You know, you just can't. I mean, you can <clears throat> depending on where you live, but certainly where I was, it just. You know, I think that being removed from Hollywood, the industry, Los Angeles, when I'm, when I'm home with my family, I, I will be able to kind of take a step back. And I think that's going to be nice for me.
0: There's more of, a um, you know, some type of, of separator between personal life and work life, which yeah. is, which is impossible uh, which is sounds like it's impossible for you. It's probably impossible for people in New York too, on both yeah. both coasts. Whether it's entertainment industry or or work industry, you know, maybe it's you're on finance, the finance,
1: whatever yeah, the finance, yeah, whatever, you yeah, whatever, because it's such a hustle and bustle. They're different right. types. When you get to Los Angeles, you immediately start to hustle. You immediately start to network. Every single thing you do has an underlying sense of work-related. So every coffee you go to, every restaurant you go to, every meeting you go to, any hike you're on, is it a way to network? Am I able to meet this person? Can I make a relationship here? Everything is like that. It's just when I've been doing that since I got there in 1997, right? That's exhausting. it's It's exhausting. It is exhausting. But you know, everybody goes, not everybody, but a lot
0: of people go through the same thing. Yours is obviously very, very different because it's in your face about people who are, you know, doing better than you or are right. busier than you or whatever right. you define it. Um, right. t- Twitter brought that to my face for the first time. It, sure. it showed me the things. It, A, opened doors that hadn't been there previously, but it also, it also makes you aware of things you aren't doing and it creates that, you know, that
1: FOMO, that fear of missing out. I could be driving to the market to pick up groceries and I'm driving by in Los Angeles. I'm driving by a film set and I see that film set. I'm not even, I can't even be on that film set because I've got another job, but I still can't help but look at that film set Dude, and go, you're, and you, what are they shooting? I'm not shooting, actor. what are they shooting? You're but a working I know actor. It's just in your face. And again, like, I love that about it. And I think I'm going to actually find at this point in my life that I love it more when I go to LA. Yeah. Because I'll be going there to work. And I'll be going there for, <clears throat> for purposes of, of work. And I, I think that I will be able to love it more and resent it a little less.
0: Here's a question I have for you before we get to our guest. Um, you were quick to jump off the Rockets and onto the Lakers. You were quick to abandon your Houston Texans and get on the Rams. And now you're off them and you're on the Colts, I think. I, I haven't checked to see who your new team is. I really don't maybe the, an NFL team. Maybe the Chiefs. Um, are you going to bail on the Astros now and become a Padres fan? Like, how is this going to, what's going to happen? I'm going to predict you are, I'm going to predict no. you will bail on the Astros and you'll be Padre Eric before we know it.
1: No, no, I definitely won't do that. Although I will say this and I'm glad you bring this up before our guest because I did want to talk to you a little bit about it. One of the things I did over the holidays is, and I'm, I've got, I think two episodes left is start listening to the edge podcast. Uh, which John Granado has a uh, a little soundbite on uh, when he was interviewing Ben Ben Ryder. Oh uh, yeah, I heard it's a great you, podcast. It is a very good podcast. It is a must listen for any Astros fan and, and baseball fan. Um, and and I'll say, man, it's it's a hard listen as an Astro fan. It really is, but it's uh, I think it's uh, an important listen. And you kind of go through this range of emotions of like angry again, uh, sad, like I get chills when I hear the calls uh of of you know the Astros winning the World Series or Altuve hitting the you know extra inning home run in game seven against the Yankees. Uh I guess it was the bottom of the night at that point. But um, you know, it it is The other thing it does, though, is it just puts into perspective how long—and I am not condoning what they did—how long cheating has been part of the game, and and talking about you know in the early 1900s when the Phillies had a buzzer under the third baseman's third base coach's foot, uh, (laughs) and I mean just all the things that have happened, and and that baseball brought this technology in, and again, not condoning what they did but I did find that part of it very fascinating. And um, it's it's a really interesting listen. He goes into uh, Hall Fines in the history of the Astros and the history of Houston. He also, there's an entire episode on Carlos Beltran, uh, and, which I found really interesting. So I, I want you to listen to it so that we can kind of get into it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but John Granado has a, a soundbite on there from when he, uh, I think, Ben Ryder after the World Series win must have come on y'all's show uh, and done an interview. Um, and so, uh, yeah. They didn't use you, though. You, you used Granada. I, li- I, leave, I leave the last uh, hour of the show. Oh, I'm a three-hour. Three John's four-hour. All right. Well, he needs that poker money. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's exactly what he needs. Yeah, he needs that poker money. So anyway, I did. I watched that. The other thing I watched, I mean, I listened to that. The other thing I watched, which I believe you have too, is The Undoing.
0: Ooh. Man, Hugh Grant is such a creep. So you did you like the show? Okay, I liked the undoing. I didn't love, I thought the ending was just too workshopped and and focus grouped. Because the ending should have been a very negative. I thought the ending should have been, I won't spoil it for people right now. But I mean, to me, the ending should have been a darker ending. Because that's where it was headed. Um, there were some things I liked about it and some things that I thought could have been better for sure. Yeah. I do like how HBO always pulls you in with nudity early in a show. Yeah. Yeah. You mean the breastfeeding scene? Well, not that as
1: much as the gym scene. Oh yeah. The gym scene. Sure. Sure. HBO is always good for at least one gratuitous nudity scene. Yeah. At the beginning. At the beginning. It doesn't stay that way, but at the beginning. It just didn't give me all that I wanted. I, I had wished and and I did hear so much about it going in that I my expectations were pretty high. But I I had just wished that it would have offered a little bit more bite. So I wish the, the flight
0: end. attendant, I wish I had stopped after three episodes because I liked the first few
1: episodes of we, wait, 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 you just switch gears on another show.
0: I know, flight attendant. Before oh, okay. Roland, before we get to Roland, okay. I just want to tell you okay. don't waste your time on it. Okay, because after three or four episodes, you're going to be like, okay, which way are we going? And then it's just going to, it's going to really deteriorate okay. and you're not going to like it.
1: Okay. I can tell you that you don't need a rush to watch Hulu's A Teacher with Kate Mara. Uh,
0: I, I was, I know, I was, I watched the first 30 minutes and I'm like, should I keep watching? I'm in a hole right now. I don't know what to watch. I'd watch Ozark think- season four, but it's not ready.
1: Yeah, not ready. You know what I need I, to
0: start watching? Right stuff.
1: I mean, I I don't even know what to say to that. I've been waiting to watch it with my family. I don't even know. And
0: they've been in a hurry to watch The Office because it was leaving Netflix. They literally watched every episode of every season over the holidays. It was like having Christmas story on all the all day, every day, only with the office.
1: You know the right stuff came out in October.
0: Not in Texas, it didn't. That's early release. In Texas it didn't come out until December mm-hmm. on Apple Plus.
1: If they cancel this show and it's because of numbers, you're gonna feel like a real shithead.
0: Probably not, but okay. I might. I want you to. Can you have a season two when you're covering a true story? Like,
1: what season two? You guys well, if just watch season one, you'd know where it ended, and you'd know that, yes, you can. Life continues, Lance.
0: We just following people season through one. divorce problems and alcohol issues, or what are we doing? Kids going to school?
1: You know that the right stuff is about the space program, right? Do you ever fight the Russians or anything like a cool okay, fighting I scene? I can't with you. I can. All right. Let's, let's get before I, before I just decide to bail out, let's get to Roland Welker. Uh, all I know his name as is Roland, because Roland. when I'm
0: watching the alone season seven, it's just Roland. They don't Roland. give last names. Just no, Roland. They don't give last names. Yeah. And then they zoom out. Did I tell you? Okay. So if you go back and listen to our podcast and if you have listened to it, I brought up alone quite a few different times. And I kept telling you to watch alone, watch mm-hmm. alone. You'll like Alone. And then it took you like, I don't know, maybe one episode, but it might have been two episodes. You texted me. You're like, dude, I am absolutely hooked. Don't text me back. Don't say anything. Don't ruin it. Don't spoil it. But it doesn't take long for you to get in there. And I'm not an outdoorsman. I'm not a camper. I'm not a survivalist. And I think it's why I like it so much is because I'm A, in awe of these, these people who are able to create a a habitat for themselves out of nothing, and then B, the psychological drama that goes on as they self-film, which to me has to be one of the most difficult things is to be able to capture yourself. There is no film crew out there; you have to capture yourself. I just I think the show is a, a phenomenal show.
1: Yeah. It's a really cool, uh, the way they do it by giving them GoPros and uh, a couple little tripod setups, obviously I'm sure, which I'm, you know, uh, interested to talk to Roland about, um, just the amount of kind of. I gotta believe they went through like about a week of training to understand how to use the they GoPros, do. where to put the GoPros, how to hold the GoPros, when to set them up, when not to set them up. Like, you know, I, I am sure they go through a pretty extensive thing, especially because a lot of these people don't seem like they are around technology all no, that often.
0: Roland Roland is one guy who's not around right. The the hoops we've had to get through just to get it set up to get them on the show, because right. if you watch the show, you definitely realize. This guy can't be really into technology. There's no way. He's supposed to be like in the 1800s or 1700s. But, you know, we're talking about, Eric, attached attached GoPros. We're talking about like selfie stick GoPros. We're talking about tripods, handheld. Like there's an entire, you have to be a cameraman also. Besides, you know, fending off negative 30 degree temperature, wolves, bears, Finding right. and
1: killing your own food. Right. Um, you know, no big deal. We just also want you to, you
0: know, be a cameraman too.
1: Yeah, it is. It's remarkable what they ask him to do. And, and listen, it's, it's, we live in a time where we have these, this technology to be able to have them shoot, you know, broadcast quality footage on a camera, you know, the size of a deck of cards, which is pretty remarkable. Like you're surviving in La Jolla now, it's kind of like you're a survivalist. You have
0: to, you have to surf. You have to mm-hmm. live by the water and and mm-hmm. maybe catch your own fish. I don't know how that's going to work. And maybe some trapping. It's kind I of a
1: survivalist on, town. I was on the surfboard last night, yeah, uh, or yesterday afternoon for an afternoon session, and um, a seal, seal swam by, and a pot of dolphins. About you seals know, have 10, a lot of fat. 10, you you learned on that show me, that that's important. So. Yeah. So I didn't kill any of them. You mean club it it or any? But I could have.
0: Yeah. But it could have. That's what I'm saying. When I told you that I like to tell my wife when we're on a hike um, that I've learned how to trap rabbits from watching a show. And if something goes Mm -hmm. down and we get stuck, you know, out when we were in Colorado, if we get stuck on a a trail, I can Mm -hmm. probably build something for us to stay in and Mm -hmm. trap rabbits. And Mm -hmm. that goes over well. I think she likes that I – Say things like I've learned how to trap
1: rabbits from watching uh, TV. Do you often carry a snare wire with you? Or you? That's you make not them? not usually. That's okay. I'd probably have
0: to find something that would replicate a snare wire somewhere out right. in the woods. But
1: gotcha. yeah, I don't usually like dental floss or something.
0: Yeah, I didn't really you thought about that. But more,
1: need a little little bit harder than that.
0: Yeah, I don't usually have snare wire with me. I have shoelaces. Maybe now,
1: Maybe sho- now you could.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna start walking around with snare wire.
1: Yeah, now yeah. and probably have you ever a really thought about a, Have you ever thought about setting a snare for like snacks or one of your kids, like in the hallway, just to practice? Just to see what, yeah, just to practice and see what happens. I hadn't until now. Um, all right, I can't wait to talk to him about this. Let's get to it right now, Roland Welker. Okay. Roland, where are you, man? I'm just kind of at large in North America. At large in North America, you're not, you're not, you're not going to tell us where you are, are you? <laughs> you got to put some mystique in the mix, you know. I got you. I got you.
2: Or, or, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly remote, though. We just, uh, uh, we just bailed out off a, a little survival quest and, and uh, had these podcasts coming on, mainly for you guys, and, and uh, you know, grabbed a motel with some Wi-Fi on the outskirts of this big piece of forest I utilize sometimes. And so, you know, I, I go from deep remote to the limelight, like Superman changing his costume.
1: Well, so, 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 so tell us, man. Well, first of all, we appreciate the time. I appreciate you putting on the, uh, the, the Superman costume for us. Uh, cause I know you don't, I know you don't necessarily love it and feel most comfortable in it, but I appreciate you doing it because Lance has been a fan of this show for such a long time, and he continually tried to tell me to to get on board and get on board. And finally, I was I was living in what I thought was was alone, uh, because I was in quarantine in a hotel in atlanta with room service and then i started watching <laughs> and then i started watching alone season seven and i realized that i was in fact not alone at all mm-hmm. uh but i fell in love with the show the season and and your character in particular so i am I'm, I'm very uh grateful for you to, to spend a little time with us today so thank you
2: yeah yeah man thanks for having me that ain't just the character that's me. yeah character. He you said,
0: "Your care. thats interesting, though, isn't it, Roland? Because we view it as we're watching. Well, how about Roland? Well, how about this person? So we view it almost because that's how we watch TV as characters. But obviously, we know you are who you are. But isn't that a little strange that you're known as as someone from a TV show? You know, yeah, from a, by a lot of people.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, but so, so if that's my character, I got it made, man. I don't have." it. <laughs> I don't gotta act.
1: No, you don't have to do much, man. But tell me, while we're on that, because that—that that is one of the questions I had—is—is is how did you feel like at any point uh, you kind of played up any sort of your personality for the purposes of the show, or no? Uh, well,
2: you—you—you you, you gotta you gotta give them some material, and, and I'm mostly right. quite as vocal as, as I was because I, I am a sort of a silent type but but you know that ain't gonna work when when you're entertaining people so I had to I had to come up with some things to talk about you know and and of course my mother was a big theme in that if you watched it because she perished while I was prepping and and training I mean I was actually training. I took the whole thing really serious even though I've been preparing my whole life you know it's like if you had a big fight coming up, you'd go into hyper training. Well, this was my super bowl, you know? So as soon as I was in, I, anyway, I didn't go home for my mother's funeral and I thought, well, I'll just dedicate the show to her. So of course that was a big talking point for me Mm -hmm. in the show, you know, and, and, uh, I to play anything up. I don't know. Just, just that everything else was pretty much me. You know, like I said, it was my super bowl. It was my, this is my gig. I'm I've been, prepping for this my whole life i started out at eight years old and and i was 48 turned 48 in the show and and this is a 40-year career coming together yeah I, I went into i went into to smack this thing out of the ballpark i wasn't
1: dicking around yeah. well well i mean you had to know when you made uh, you know, a purse out of muskox balls that that was going to, you know, attract some some attention. So when I say oh. play things up, I guess, uh, you know, yeah. those are the kind of things I'm talking about. I well, mean, things that, right, you right. know,
0: like, well, you know, they're normal. They they may be normal in the course of what you're doing, but certainly, you know, that there are certain things that will will garner more shock value from people that you consider to be a normal part of survival.
2: Yes, yes, yes. I get you now. The, 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 the scrotum pouch was, you know, I, I I know that would be catchy for sure. But at right. the same time, if, if you do your research and, and read the old books, you know, I mean, that that that, that that's nothing new. The the ancients and the mountain men and the old timers had, the, you know, that the, it, it's already a pouch. It's right. You know what I mean? That, that, that's been around a long, long time. It ain't like I invented that. Sure,
1: sure. I well, I'm
2: I... nail it on TV.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you gotta i was wondering if there was some i was on amazon looking for muskox scrotum pouches i didn't know if maybe you didn't you see turn it that it into yeah. a side hustle yeah try it after <laughs>
0: christmas it's easier to find after christmas eric Yeah. sure when there's not such a rush on it i want to know what you roland you you talked about this being your super bowl and so you had to go into training how do you train for a show like this
2: well you know uh, with the, the, you know, there's talk of the damn championship someday, man. I'm, I'm really worried about getting <laughs> well, I just, you, money. but this is kind of how but you but live,
0: I, right? I mean, isn't I'm this sorry, kind of a ahead,
2: say, say again there, Lance?
0: Well, I, I mean, I mean, you kind of lived that this is things that you are used to doing on a regular basis. I'm just, is training just reading up on things? Is uh, I, I wonder because what blows me away is how many contestants over the years know about what's edible, what's not edible, what different types of herbs and roots can do for you from an internal medicine standpoint. Um, of course, you know, for, for the type of trapper and hunter you are and and that other people are on the show, there's, there's obviously the work that you've done in the past will, will give you the knowledge that you need. I'm just curious what you have to do beyond what your knowledge already
2: is. I, uh, I had been out of the archery loop for a long time. I embraced archery as a very young hunter because archery extends your hunting season. I, I, you know, I, I was just crazy for this stuff. That's how I went on to become who I am. I had to do this or, or I don't know, go bananas. I just loved it. So, so then later when I became a, a guide, a big game guide full time, there was no more time for archery. I haven't picked up a bow in... 20 years so that was the big training I did I, I went out and bought several long bows and arrows and you know I shot bow that that because I had been out of the archery loop but I had the archery fundamentals and sure. so yeah I pulled out some of some survival books too you know I I just brushed up on the whole thing I, I canceled every gig I had and uh, yeah, I had to cancel big game hunts I I had a shitload of heavy dudes coming to shoot some uh, sheep and grizzly bears and moose up north. And, and I had to, I had to cancel them hunts, which was a pain in the ass and, and still all my training and, and, uh, shooting the bow, picked up some reading and, and, uh, but I've read all the books, but I read them all again, but at the same time, you're, you're getting in the process to even go, you know, that was, That was big, you know. You don't just sign up and go and meet everybody up there. There's a process for getting in that show and getting everybody on site, and it's so at the same time you're doing all that. It it was a lot of action, a lot lot of action, quick.
1: So, Roland, let's let's go back a little bit. You you know you grew up in Red Devil, Arkansas. I I
2: grew up in the Appalachian Mountains of Central Pennsylvania in a place called Shiloh, just little town full of hillbillies. And uh, from there, I mean, I lived in several places after that, too. I left home at 17. I just took off and started working around the country. But at 24, I moved to Red Devil, Alaska. Gotcha. A.K.'s Alaska.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. I, I okay. I've
2: through Arkansas a few times over the years.
1: Okay. Copy that. Alaska is where the, you the, were. The, my, the primary
2: places that had the biggest influence on me, Is my upbringing in Shiloh, Pennsylvania? That was huge. I I come from an independent logging and coal mining family, both sides—mother and father, both. You know, a lot of mining on my father's side. I, I wasn't a whole lot of deep mining. This is open pit strip mining. But back in the day, before the government killed the goddamn coal business, you could put together an outfit and go mine some coal. It was a really unique thing, and there was a lot of strong men. Out there doing that, you know, America lost something when they kicked out all the hillbilly uh, coal miners in Pennsylvania. They did. We lost a neat culture. We lost some strong personalities. And, and I don't know if we're ever going to get that back. I, I We could do a show on stuff like that. And then there's my logging history in central Pennsylvania. That's still pretty vibrant. There, there's a lot of hardwood logging going on in the east. A lot of, a lot of hillbillies making their living butchering down trees. I'm one of them. And you got to start shooting grizzly bears to get more thrill than hacking down a 200-year-old red oak. Big around as your bed. So then, I there's a lot in between there. But I finally made the decision at 24 to to get this old pickup going and and put my outfit in. And I just drove to Alaska to see what would happen. And from there, I mean, I originally went north to Fairbanks because I was thinking north. When you go to Alaska, you think north. And I checked Fairbanks out. I drove clear up to Prudhoe Bay. But I, I bumped into an outfitter in Palmer that had a huge year coming up in western Alaska. Nobody ever thinks about western Alaska. It's it's the biggest piece up there of untouched land. And so that's where this dude hunted. He loaded us all up in Anchorage in airplanes and took us out to western Alaska for his hunting season. He was a registered guide. I was just some kid he picked up the pack. And uh, once I got there and seen that lifestyle, I never left. He flew back to Palmer that for the winter and i stayed out there there was a gold miner next door i moved in with him he wanted a loader operator and that was one of my original gigs i'm i'm a pretty slick heavy equipment man so we mined some gold and he, he lived in red devil so he had his buddy come in and flash the red devil and then i got a dose of the kuskokwim river and the eskimos and just the whole village life I mean, this is so far off the grid you can't imagine. You know, you go past Red Devil, you start popping out on the coast. You know, your head you're gonna come out of Bethel and all that, which is I mean it. It's only fifteen thousand people in the middle of nothing. You know, this is real wilderness, real wilderness. So, and and then I met Dick Wilmarth at Red Devil, the first champ of the Iditarod dog sled race. He won the first one they ran in nineteen seventy three. This dude smoked it. And he was still, you know, he's a famous bush pilot, too, and gold miner. And he's he's from Red Devil. So there's two notorious personalities from Red Devil now. But I'd just like to say that I studied under Dick Wilmars. I got a lot of moves from that guy. So
0: everything that you just talked about from the coal mining to the, as you called it, the butchering uh, 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 timber. Or, or I'd never heard it uh, phrase in such a way. Heading up to, to Alaska and the time you spent with the Alaskan people and 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 the guy from the Iditarod. I mean, all of that played into what we saw on television. It's it's all had a substantial impact on your skill level, your personality, the way you view life.
2: Yes. I mean, it, it was it was it was all about that. It was a lifetime of training and 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 and, and real life. Situate, you know i I, so i would stay up there all winter and dick used to take me out and uh dump me for two or three months for my trapping you know a couple dogs and a little sled and a bunch of traps and a couple boxes of groceries you know in a wall tent and, and you know you and this was pre uh sat phone didn't even have a sat phone i wasn't even smart enough to take an am radio my first year i was sitting out there listening to the wind blow and uh so when he dumps you for the last time And sometimes there ain't enough snow and it's a hard landing and, and you're, you're, you're uh, daylight short and everything. And, and, you know, he's trying to get the hell out of there. He's got to get clear back to red devil. You know, we might, he might dump me off 70 or 80 miles away from red devil. So, you know, we're, we're, we're got the weather opening, trying to get it done. Mostly took two trips. And, and so, you know, you're shaking hands and we'll see in January and you, you tell, always tell your pilot that, you know, you're, you pick me up on the best weather, meaning when he can fly the week of whatever week you picked, you know. So that week comes, you ain't talked to nobody for two months, seen nobody, nothing. You're sitting out there skinning Martin and eating beans. And uh, when when that week comes, you got to have everything picked up. you got to have your trap shut off. you got to have all your extra gear put up a tree or whatever t- you're taking out with you, you take up to the runway. Generally, you leave some gear because you got a lot of fur going out. And he's only going to get one trip this time. You, your dog, and your fur, and whatever your rifles, and uh, pack the runway. You know you got pack it with snow, or pack it with your snowshoes. And by then you're low on grub. You know I, I've 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 had some of them where the weather never got good that week, and you go into a second week of waiting. We well, got everything put away. You're sitting in an empty wall tent with nothing. You know you read your book three times, and um, it, 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 patience, 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 patience. So when it does go into overtime. I have lived off the land out there a number of times already from this kind of stuff. But it was always toward the end of the expedition, you know, which is still hard. Like I ate and sled dogs one time and all ate a shitload of Martin and Red Fox and nasty ass stuff like that. Taking bait down off the sets and reusing it. So finally they come, you know, like you got to be patient. I could go on and on and on.
1: What are you doing out there, though? Like when he drops you off, what's the what's the. Fucking point of being out there, living off the <laughs> land, enjoying yourself, or are you, you, you learn, like, yeah. Or is what this, are you well, about, doing? Is it for I'm, money? I'm, having, I'm fur
2: trapping. I'm, I'm catching okay. fur to sell on the open market. Free trapping. Okay. Gotcha. Dying thing, man. Dying thing. I'm. I'm just okay. I'm like this guy back here in the painting. <laughs> the old mountain man.
1: Only I'm doing it. So it and, and, and so equipment. the. I mean yes equipment you got rifles with you but you know when I when I hear you talk about that and it, it's no surprise that when I watched the show you know I was like there's this guy doesn't seem rattled he doesn't seem you know, a lot of the contestants on the show, it seemed like they were feeding me information or doing things. And and by the way, there are extremely talented people on this show and I'm, I am I want to get into that with you a little bit, but I mean, they're these are the best survivalists in the world and they've done this for a long time, but nobody felt as at ease with it as you did. And that that now I understand why because you know, uh, of, of experiences like that, where you've been out by yourself, you know, the, the patience was something that you had dealt with and you had trained with. And, you know, uh, that wasn't something that was going to rattle you like it did a lot of the other contestants.
2: Yeah. Experience has a lot to do with it. You know, I knew everything that was going to happen because I've done winners in the North. I've done 50 below in wall tents many times. Yeah, but the other participants, there's a lot of talent there. Great but some of the best survivalists in the world, absolutely. But how many of them did it professionally? How many of them made their living off the land their entire yeah. life? Like I was right. even in an industrial sense, it still ties me to the land. And sure, which is big. You is, you is, know, it is. As
0: soon as you said, as soon as we're watching and you said, you know, I've spent time with the Eskimos. Up in fifty to, I'm like, well, this is over. <laughs> like you've been through this. You already had the knowledge of where the fat is and the, you know, in terms of the brain, the nose, the eye sockets. W- once you st- I've watched the show enough to know that, okay, Roland can continue to do this. They're gonna something's gonna he doesn't have like a wife and kids to go home to, which ends up derailing a lot of people on that show. So there was nothing psychologically that was gonna pull you out physically, this wasn't new. You've done this before. So you had the experience and then you had the knowledge and the cold weather. It, it never felt like it was going to be something where you would tap out. I just kept thinking it's going to have to be, and you didn't look like you had lost so much weight that you couldn't continue. So I was just thinking, well, something horrible is going to have to t- happen for Roland to be gone because he's done this. As soon as I found out your background with, with the, the people in Alaska and you learned, and I just thought, well, how in the world is, is Are you going to beat him?
2: I I did. I had all that, man. It's just, and, and, and on top of all that, I'm the guy that don't get hurt. I don't get sick. I've never had a broken bone in my whole life. I don't know. I'm just i will so tell you that way. I'll tell <laughs>
1: you where I thought you were going down, dude. First of all, when you built Rock House, I mean I could have lived in fucking Rock House for you know, at, least, <laughs> at least 20, 30 days. I mean, that place is fucking palatial. Okay. So once I yeah. saw you build rock house, I was like, this motherfucker is gonna be here for a while. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. this that place is I, I could I could knock out 30 days if you built me Rock House. I really think I could. Okay, so <laughs> This is where I thought you were going down though. this is where I got real nervous because I was rooting for you. but when you started to make your way down the icy rock to fish and it had iced over, I was like, this he's gonna fucking slip and like break a knee or or like bust his ass or hurt his back or something. And so every time you were kind of inching your way down and and trying to get down there to to see if you had gotten any fish, Uh, that, that is where I thought, that's where I thought maybe, maybe he's going to go down here, but I knew that I was like Lance. I knew that injury was going to be the only thing, the only chance to get you out of that game. My question is, was there ever a time during, during it where you felt, um, vulnerable? Not really. I mean,
2: at the very beginning i was four days before i i I caught a fish i had Mm -hmm. that's why i used that dangerous ass fishing spot that was the only Mm -hmm. spot that uh i could catch fish on some kind of consistent basis and it still wasn't a great spot because the wind really messed with it there but i tried other spots where it was safer and if i'd lost my net i still could have got it out but the fish weren't there so i had to go to that dangerous spot point is for the first four days i ate nothing but some insects and some berries and some roots and some sticks and you know is eating vegetables kind of thing vegetation mm-hmm. and I, I i ate enough that it kept me sustained i guess but man when when you take a man's meat or fish away holy cow so that first four days is the roughest but it, the first four days is probably the roughest for everybody too you know and then there's the whole thing called drop shock which is sort of interesting what and, is that? Uh, so did I, yeah, I took a couple falls on danger rock. I did. And, and, and building a rock house, I didn't really get hurt. Like a lot of people said, man, you could have hurt your back and stuff. And I guess you could have, but I'm, I'm pretty fucking stout, dude. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't doubt that. So, so, what is, what I, did, is dro- I did lose a couple when they hit my toes. I almost smashed my toes a couple
0: times. But what, what's drop, you just mentioned drop shock. What is drop shock?
2: Now, now that is a, a, a thing that will occur, you know, when and and probably more so for everybody else than me. My drop when you get dropped and the air or the helicopter flies away and it's like now we're here and this is going to happen. You know, It, it it's like it, it. Did you ever build a house or set up a big project? And, you know, you can make all these plans, but until you break earth, it really ain't setting in, you know, same thing when you get dropped off. All of a sudden all them big plans you had are like, Oh shit, this, this ain't like I had it figured, you know. Well, I'd been dropped before lots of times on self supported expeditions. So I didn't have that type of drop shock. My drop shock personally was so I always knew that I could do this, but but until you're standing there ready to do it, you know, I'm thinking, Holy shit, I just made some pretty big talk out in of the world gonna find out if i'm full of shit or not how long was but that when, when, when was no that gone shock, though too.
0: was that gone after 48 hours four days how long did drop shock last
2: yeah yeah probably a couple days or, or three days maybe once once i had a good handle on rock house and was catching a few fish man i was grooving and, yeah you know the whole rock house thing was pretty amazing actually oh. And I I can't get too far into how I picked that spot and all that because sure, I just, there's going to be too much money involved in the showdown if they have the showdown. I don't know that, you know, people's asking me, oh, you know, where are they at now? And they don't, you know, once we're out, we're out. Right. But I do know if they do have a showdown, I don't know if they are, but if they do, well, I'll be there.
1: Yeah, of course. I know. would imagine. <laughs> I, I got the feeling that you could have done another 100 days. I mean, I just got the feeling. I'm not saying that you weren't in a position where you were ready to get out of there, but I really did get the feeling that you were just in a, 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 your comfort zone. You were, you felt like you were in your environment. And that doesn't mean that it's not difficult. That doesn't mean that, that, that there aren't, you know— uh, d- you know things that you're dealing with, and and the very end of the show, I st- I felt like was the first time we start to see a little bit of vulnerability in your psyche in talking about your relationship with your mom, uh, and your relationship with your dad, and maybe I saw a little bit there, but it never felt like to me that there was ever a moment you were going to tap out. And when they showed up, I was like, he could have kept going, he could have kept, he could have had another hundred days if he needed it.
2: I mean, mentally, I had as many days as I need. I, I I'd like to go a year. I'd, I'd like to try for a year sometimes. Yeah, but uh, the, you know, it's the food thing that's going to get you. Mm-hmm. So, and no reading, no book. I mean, there's no book. I, I'm a big reader. You know, that's half the point of my lifestyle: being alone and reading a book. I'll knock out a novel a week sometimes. So, no book was tough uh you know i left a crack of vulnerability show there at the end a little bit yeah. i didn't necessarily have to do that but uh 100 days is a long time i mean hell yeah i was i was ready to you know fuck, you're ready to come that's a that's three weeks less than a third of a year
0: but what do you come home In to every- like what is your what is your normal what is home to you what does it look like what is uh when you say, okay, I'm done with this, what what does your home base look like?
2: And I I got so many, and then they all just they're a cabin or a shack somewhere or somebody's guest house. My pickup I live in a lot, you know. I got a I got a cabin in Red Devil, I got another cabin on out from Red Devil to the south where I do my moose hunting and, and I really I don't have a home in the sense and most people I I'm kinda homeless, sort of. I mean, I just drift around the country. I, I got I got nothing holding me anywhere for anything except my you're wood. City. I you're wood butchering. I, I follow the hunt around. You're I wood butchering. I follow the seasons. I follow the hunting money, the client money.
0: Bear hunting vagabond. You just go wherever you you go, wherever it takes you. You know, I, I got to say, after watching this all, all the years, I can immediately watch this show and and isolate the people who don't really have a, a legitimate long-term chance. And first and foremost, and this is, in, in, before you even get to skill level, if you are an emotional person, you cannot win there. It's impossible. It's It takes too long. There's too much being by yourself and with your own thoughts. And people who have families, you know, little kids, it seems like, they get at least two or three contestants every year who just had a child that was born or or they make sure that they know that you're going to miss their second birthday. So they can, you know, create that sadness and stuff like that. And I don't want you to take this the wrong way and I don't think you're going to, but you strike me as kind of a colder, unemotional type of person. Like you, you know, you're, you're about whatever that, you know, you don't sit and think and, and worry about this, that, and the other thing, because that's who you are as a person is it's, whatever's in front of you at that moment. Even when you have all that time on on your hands, would you agree that if you're if you're an emotional person or somebody who really misses their family, I don't I don't think they can ever win that contest. I just think it's too hard to go that long.
2: Yeah, I mean it, it, it's definitely hard for them. It, if you got to do that plus survive, it screws you up. I'm a rock. I don't let nobody, even when I am married or tied up with something or somebody, family, and all that. You know, I make people revolve around me. I don't, you know, run after other folks. I'm, it's the Roland Welker show. <laughs> <laughs> and I but, I guess, but it I almost mean, has
1: to be, though. It's always been.
2: It's always been. I've, I've always done it that way. It's half my deal.
1: Yeah, I mean, I read a quote, I've done everything I ever wanted and nothing I don't feel like. I mean, yep. that's, you know, listen, I think a lot of us, wish we could live our life like that and of course i say could we could if we chose to but you really you know it sounds like based on you know the childhood you had and the decisions you made that's the way you were going to live your life that's who you are as a person and you're sure as hell not going to change now Eric, Close can you read 50.
0: can you can you read that quote again real quick eric
1: i've done everything i ever wanted and nothing i don't feel like
0: yeah that's the that's those are the words of a man who's not married
1: yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> exactly yeah and if he and if he is it, they it to ain't that. gonna be for it long
2: like <laughs> it's certainly so, not gonna so be for I, long. I also say if i want to do it it don't matter what you pay me and if i don't want to do it you can't hardly pay me enough you know
1: yeah yeah. I I I I'm with you Lance. I mean there's some people on the show that um you know Keelan comes to mind. I mean she would go from laughing to crying in a matter of minutes. She finished top 3. I know, but it's just you saw yeah. this emotional roller coaster and you thought there's just how are you going to sustain any sort of of like level-headedness to get yourself through this what do you Um, do with all that
0: dead time roland what did uh, we've seen people carve furniture and do all this stuff and do some incredible shit what do you do with your downtime since you can't read what did you do
2: well i mean i i was concentrating on gathering wood and fuel i didn't and I was planning on a hundred days, you know, there was, there was nothing in me saying tap out. So I, I was securing resources, but when I finally did crawl in rock house for the night, and this was later when the days are getting so short and the nights are getting so long. And again, this goes back to my time in my trap lines all alone, you know, getting dumped out up North, you know, I, I just go into a form of medit, you know, an almost a dormant kind of meditation mind games. I, I I dredge up old memories and stuff. And I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain just as we all look different. I think we all think different and, and you got to have a really strong mind to hang in out there. You got to be able to entertain yourself as, as far as the crafting goes. You know, I, I made my pipe and a few things like that, but I, I, I'm not so big on the, on the crafting. You know, I can, I can make something if I got it, but I generally don't make nothing just for kicks.
1: Yeah. I mean, but, I noticed I, people I are making very
2: impressed with, uh, like, uh, Joel's mandolin and, yeah. uh, Amos had them, uh, Sonorous rocks. He put up on the thing and, and, you know, you get real clever out there. I, I like their stuff too.
1: Yeah, but but they're making mandolins, and meanwhile you get picked up after a hundred days, and you still got firewood for another thirty. So I mean, it's just like you know, you were, you had, you know, it was just all about efficiency, economy of movements, um, yeah. you know, energy conservation. Oh yeah, all the things that you have to do to be able to win this. Now let's talk a little bit about. Uh, the muskox because it was obviously one of the biggest parts of the show. That's going to be season. iconic forever. I mean, it'll, <laughs> it'll be iconic forever. I see the muskox. I'm like, dude, this guy cannot kill a muskox with this arrow. There's no chance. And you had to be, how far were you? Because it looked like you were about 45 yards, 50 yeah. yards. It, it, looked it was far. a long shot. I, I had no far. idea
2: how far it was, but it, it was a, it was a poke. Yep.
1: Um, the then. To have to, I mean, field dress the thing out there and then hide it and spend the next three days, you know, getting it back to your camp and then another four days to build a fucking freezer. Uh, I mean, it really, it it was just, it was mind blowing, dude. I, 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 I've never seen anything like it. Did you have, you knew that you were going to see big game out there. Did you know that that was going to have to be something you were going to be able to do to make it a hundred days?
2: I, I did have big game as something I needed to, to actually do. You know, I'd I'd had a shot at a hundred days no matter what, but without game, game you might make you might not, because you're they're only gonna let you lose so much weight before they jerk you. So mm-hmm. right with, with big game that couldn't happen. Yeah, I I I absolutely was big game conscious for sure. And then when it comes to the butchering and all that and the caching and, and the meat crib thing, uh, you know, that that's just something that I've been, I do that all the time. That's what I do. You know, you, you, you watch them elevated caches all that whole time, not working. And and I've made elevated caches in my younger years up North before the show. And, and I already knew they don't work. You know, you just, you have to climb up there to see how much got stolen and it's dangerous climbing up and down. And, and, you know, that, that, that little thing I made was so tight, nothing could get in it, So well built, nothing could get it apart. and And I think you're going to see that, Method turning up here,
0: yeah. 9 and 10. Wasn't it interesting?
2: Barry logs and meat caches and trying to build some better structures. I just up the the uh, you know I just set the bar a little higher. We're gonna see what people can do now.
0: No question, because I haven't seen that really in any of the other seasons. And Eric, it wasn't that interesting the way that the because Eric is in he's a he's an actor and does shows and it, so wasn't that interesting the way the director showed one guy who had the elevated meat cash that he thought that there was no way, and it was pretty well done, thought there's no way that the Wolverines can get into this. And then they show Roland and then his, and then since you're thinking out loud and talking out loud, Roland, you walk us through the whole process of why this is the way it works. So we got to see, I thought the director did a great job and it just happened stance that one guy had the same issues that you talked about. You would have, if you do it that way, like we got to see it play out in real time.
2: I know what I know what's gonna happen out there before it even happens. I, I've just been doing it too long. Goes back to experience. Like whenever uh we were I don't like I don't talk a whole lot about the uh tryouts, you know, because the history channel guards that pretty hard. And but what I will say is they asked us, you know, once in a while as this all has all taken place, not once we're in, as we're getting picked, you know. What what what's your strong point? What do you feel your your, your strongest skill is? And, and I couldn't answer that and I said I said, I just think all oh, my experience, you know, nothing replaces experience. You know, I, I'm not an expert in any one thing, but I've just, I've done every goddamn thing and I got a bag of tricks, man. That's.
0: I, I want to follow up on that real quick. Could 28-year-old Roland Welker have done what 48-year-old Roland Welker did out there alone for that many days? Younger, stronger maybe, but not as experienced. Would you have been able to do that at age 28?
2: i maybe not maybe not it was a, it was the experience you know i mean I, I i've actually stabbed a few animals before until you stabbed your first one you don't you know i know i could stab that muskox down because i have stabbed a couple animals yeah I, so, same and, and and just the whole thing with with building the rock house and and uh no i i and i don't think i don't think 28 year old roland welker could have done that Lance,
1: when I stabbed, stabbed my first, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, what did you when you stabbed your first muskox? How old were you? It was well, it, it wouldn't
2: have been a muskox, you know. We no, I'm
1: talking it. to Lance. Yeah, I'm me. Lance. <laughs> when I
0: stabbed my first muskox was probably yeah. in my early 30s, and so yeah, it mm-hmm. was. uh I didn't, and when I had that experience, that's what let me know that I could survive if I went on a hike and got, you know, left overnight. I could probably do some minor trapping
1: and berry collecting and things like that. As I've told you before, Eric. Yeah, no, you absolutely have. Uh, I, but you probably didn't use a fucking Leatherman like Roland did when he stabbed his, I didn't have off. it with me or I <laughs> would have his multi-tool. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, Actually, I, I use my belt knife. You'll use your belt <laughs> knife for that. Okay. Copy How many that. days total from the kill
0: to where it was completely field dressed butchered and skinned and then all run back for people who didn't see the show, you've got to run back and forth. How long was the distance between the kill and your, and your rock house?
2: I, I, I figured it was a solid two miles. Could have been. Holy shit. So,
0: so days. the back and forth, by the way, that's a lot of calorie consumption. That's a lot of calorie consumption.
2: Yeah, there was ma- 10 or 12 trips, 10 or 12
0: trips. So how many total days did it take from kill to where everything is done and it's in your little meat crib? crypt.
2: Oh, when it was in the crib? Finally? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit, that would have been like 10 days. It took yeah, 10 was...
0: total days.
2: Yeah, or yeah. more. Yeah. When, I mean, so... when it was finally in the meat crib, you know, first I had to get it all back to Rock house, That and, you know, butchered. Every, every day when I left that, you have to cash it. You can't just butcher and take a little bit and, and then, you know, leave it. I, I cashed it every day when I left. Even right. if I took two or three loads that day, I cashed it, you know, I couldn't get it up a tree or nothing, but I, I, I had a deal I did that, that kept the small, you know, it wouldn't have withstood a bear, you know, you seen the bear did come. Well, that was, thank God I had 99% of it in. The only thing that was left was, you know, the head and the hide when the bear finally made its big move. Did you ever I think about? I wanted head and hide too. It ate that whole tongue out. I—that's my biggest regret on the show. <laughs> I wanted to shoot that bear so bad. That's I what I was going to ask. The first bear kill on alone. And you see there, in, when I'm about done with the muskox, where I have that bear in the camera really good. Well, that's because I set the camera up on it, and mm-hmm. I went down off the hill with my GoPros, and was going to walk up on that and try to get a shot. But you would have had to felt like I felt at that time getting dark i just built rock house we just shot the ox. it was you know got it all packed in i was whipped i was so fucking whipped and i and i got right to where there's a real steep chasm i had to go down and then come back up on the bear side and it, it's getting close to dark already and i'm just i i, I fucking wimped out right there and went back <laughs> and my load. i thought i thought i'll get him in the morning he'll be on what's left and and the son of a bitch was, not I got on his tracks and fuck, he left the country. So then I'm like, God damn it. Now he's going to go over to fucking whoever and they'll have a bear. Fuck, I should have killed him. Thank God he didn't go over and somebody smacked him. But now when I watch that, I'm like, God damn it. I could have the first bear kill. But again, you would have had to, your feet would have had to felt like mine felt. And, and really I got a question for you. you. There. Is there, is,
1: is there merit in, you know, Killing, let's say leaving let's just you will use the muskox, right? You've got plenty out there. Leaving that out as a uh as a trap or as bait for other big game, maybe set up like a, a tree blind or set up some sort of bush blind, bring that bear in to eat or other big game to eat whatever you leave out and then kill that, or you're better or or you wouldn't want to risk getting rid of that food. Nah,
2: I, I wouldn't leave nothing there. I w- I personally wouldn't. But I ate a lot of that stuff, you know. I mean, I ate that thing from its eyeballs to its asshole. I ate from the horns to the hooves. I mean, a lot of people wouldn't eat the shit I ate, and they might leave that part out there to hunt over.
1: What protein? You know, I, I mean, ate what? all the entrails, all the gut. I ate the Right. What the nutritional horn. value is the asshole? <laughs>
2: It's got all that fat around it, you know. It ain't just the fucking
1: sphincter; it's the whole. Right, right. You knew Roland had the answer to it, hundred percent. Of course, I did. Of course, I did. Uh, Wait, Roland,
2: guys, I'm ready. This is my field. You can you can lay it on me. All right. So,
1: what's the most what's the most scared
0: you've ever been on a on a on a you don't strike me as somebody who rattles easily. I think we've we've uh, we've established that Eric established that earlier. What is the time in a, during a hunt, not just the show alone, during some type of tracking where you said, "Oh shit, this may be it for old Roland Welker."
2: I had a bear one time messing with me on a hunt. This this area is known for bad bear activity. The state of Alaska has sheep season in in august well they don't run and this is the alaska range bear central there's so many bears it's bananas you can get political when you start talking game laws they and and there's a lot of hunting goes on there for sheep and uh caribou so so the 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 thing is they say if there's enough game there to do all this hunting there ain't a predator problem yet they'll have predator control out in the next unit where you can't land an airplane and it never sees a hunter and it's wide open that's it's a long subject anyway they got they got sheep season in and bear season ain't in we're fielding two thousand rifles probably in alaska range alone east and west side in uh august and they don't have grizzly bear season in it it's a bunch of shit so we got this bear problem while we're hunting sheep you'll go up on the mountain for a day or two you come back your camp's just down your shit's scattered your food's all ate would be lucky if he didn't eat your fucking briefcase and uh so we had this one really bad one he'd come in every night every night coming in and i there's an old dead airplane there and i keep my coolers in the fuselage and you'd hear him out there rolling that airplane around i have to get my headlamp on, you know, get out of the tent and go out and run this bear off every night. I, I got clients in camp. I ain't getting no sleep. This bear is really starting to bother me. The next, this went on a couple days, and I'm I had a big load to pack to my base camp. And I forget what I was even packing, but it was heavy. When you got a really heavy load, you strap it to your pack in such a way that they, it cannot come off at all. So I finally get up there. It's windy that day, and it's cold and wet. You can't hear. Got your hood up. I get clean up there, dump my pack on the runway, go up and see if my camp ain't been hit there, thank God. So put my rifle against a tree and uh, go back down to undo my load on the runway. And I, I'm undoing the load and I, I it's windy and noisy. I hear a pebble flip. It would just make a, you know, one flip. It didn't sound right. It would just be a, you know, you heard one tap. I heard a pebble, I heard a pebble flip behind me. So I'm bent over working. and I look behind me just like that quick well hell my hood's up my right eye looked into my hood and my left one i was—I didn't see nothing i just glanced and went right back to my work and then that bear he was right behind me goes running mean, right. he's running He seen me look at him he, he thought i busted him you know hell i didn't see him but he seen me look and thought he was busted he goes running out around me this is that giant brown bear been fucking with me all week and i and since he was running i ran back up to the the uh tent from my rifle. Like, if he'd have been bowed up, I'd have had to bow up. If you, if you sprint from them, they'll grab you like a cat grabbing a mouse or something. A coyote grabbing a cotton tape. They're fast. They're really fast. So, since he ran, I ran. I got my gun, and just as I picked up my rifle, he fucking squared off. He bowed up, and I thought, fuck you. I'm done with this bear, you know, and I put it right on his chest. Click. Nothing happened, and then he runs, and <laughs> I still thought "fuck you" and shot, but I missed. it was over, you know. And I, I, I got my bullet that I ejected, and it was hit. You know, factory ammo punched straight in the primer. Hell, I had a it dud done it, done in the uh, in the gun. That's my best bear story. The
1: one, the one
2: time you're about yeah, to put but, it in but, his chest. But, but, talking about being scared when shit starts happening, you ain't got time to get scared. You know, maybe later you get a little scared. You know, when well, it's when really you, happening, you, you never have time to fully
1: get scared. When you pulled the trigger and it went click, there had yeah. to be a, a brief moment of of <laughs> oh shit. <Yeah. laughs> uh Roland, you 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 your 10 items, ferro rod, gill net, pot, trapping wire, axe saw, multi-tool, belt knife, bow and arrows, sleeping bag. Um were there there are some things obviously there's some a lot of people bring some of the similar stuff. Uh, you didn't bring paracord. Uh, what what are some of the reasons why you chose some and left off others? Or is that yeah, something you feel again, comfortable you're talking into, about?
2: You're, you're getting into the secret. Formula. Okay. All, right. <laughs> Man, all right, all I, right. I put a lot of thought into the ten item list. A lot, well, of course. Ten items go poof. You know, and, yeah, and they, they don't even give you sleeping bags. So. You know, I mean, there's just some things you got to have. Axe. Right. Always gonna be. And, and this one ain't exactly a secret. Any any of those nine other participants, you know, if if this is your gig, you already know Axe is number one. So right there, you know, there, there's four or five of them that are no brainer.
0: Gilnet's become a Gilnet's become a lock for everybody now. It used well, to not be, but now it is for a lot of people
2: you go clear down through the whole list and now you're down to like, you got three or four, you got two or three left. You can take wild you know? cards, right. down to shit like paracord, gill net, the hook and line. And, and that right. kind of thing, you know, right. I do know <laughs> from my own experience and a lot of my reading that there's been a lot of men fed in the North with a gill net. So gotcha. that, that, that was actually my big hangup at the very end gill net or paracord because you can make the gill net out of paracord you can right. and I, I would have but that's i don't know I and know what it, like did
1: it. you find that when you were out there there was a time where you wish you had had the paracord paracord
2: man when you're living without cordage it's a bitch you know yeah. i spent a lot of time trying to tie shit up with scraps of you know sleeping bag uh, strap that I salvaged. And, and, you know, then you're trying trying to tie stuff up with roots or, or a skin, you know, I try I tied some stuff up with strips of squirrel. Now, once I got the musk the I had some, you know, I, I could take a thin edge of that hide and have rawhide straps.
1: Right. Right. The cockiest so, yeah, that, thing that, you that could do
2: list is that's my list. I'll take that again. But
0: the cockiest thing you could do if you go back out again is bring some like garlic salt for your meat. Just to mm. say, hey, motherfuckers, look what I brought: garlic salt for my meat. That's how cocky I am. You guys mm. can have the other nine. I'm, I'm flavoring my meat. I'm going to be here a long, long time. What tastes right, good? Right, what, okay. what, ta- what tastes better, bear or
2: muskox? Oh, that was a what big part old, of it? Dry, nasty muskox. What part of but it? I might almost had to rather had the bear, but the muskox is a lot bigger. That was a single old bull. You know, he wasn't with the herd. He, he was old and must've been kind of shunned from the herd. He, he wasn't fine dining by any means. (laughs) What is, Um, what would surprise us better than anything? What's that? Talk about you also also... better than anything. His nuts.
1: Obviously. Yeah. Um, Uh, (laughs) <laughs> the the you decided uh well not decided but you you killed a porcupine but instead of shooting it with your arrow you just clubbed it because that uh, just seemed easier i guess I don't know you didn't want to waste the arrow uh is that is that you you tend to perish animals with a club often
2: i, I it's my favorite way to dispatch hands
1: down me too a me too <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah at the same time. Uh, you know, the the porkies are slow, and he was on the ground. I I saw no sense in uh, you know, flinging an arrow at him and maybe losing or breaking an arrow. Just, I've always dispatched porcupine with club, but
1: but yeah, yeah. When I when I dispatch mosquitoes, I use a flip flop, um, (laughs) yeah, or um. Yeah, it's very similar. When I dispatch any sort of uh, like a spider, I often use a shoe. They don't eat so as well. I'm, I'm uh, I I feel like you and I are kind of kindred spirits in that regard gotcha. because very, you know you use a club, spirit. I use a shoe or a sneaker. It, it's uh, it's
2: kind of like that. It it kind of yeah. goes back
1: to my, it
2: kind of goes back to when I was the eight year old boy trapping. You know, the old man didn't let me take a gun to check my traps at eight. You know, right. So you catch a, you're eight or nine years old in the dark with your flashlight before school and you got a raccoon or a possum or something in the trap, you search around for your beater and smash its head in. That I mm-hmm. started doing that way early. Right. Do you,
0: do you, um, what's so from a camera standpoint, I want to get into this from a t- technical standpoint. We, as the viewer are reliant upon you doing all the heavy lifting, not just trying to survive, but also capture all this stuff, which to me seems like it's, it's something that is taken for granted by people. How difficult is the idea of capturing and what do they tell you that they want captured? Like, how do they coach you up on, do they coach you up on how they want certain things filmed or how they want it to look or cat or, you know, capturing B roll footage or, you know, wide frame footage, how much camera stuff went into your learning?
2: Yeah, the the camera work's extensive. You know, they ain't sending a bunch of dummies out there to shoot a bunch of garbage. So they 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 did, you know, show us how they wanted their scene set. And again, I'm not going to get into that. But there there was certain things they wanted, and then and then so you got all these cameras, and 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 there there's. They're going dead all the time. The SD cards are full. Hell, you forgot to hit the fucking record button. You know, I mean, it's just on and on and on and on and on. You got to be on it all the time. So, so when that, you people can't appreciate what it took to film all that. You're exactly right. It's just nonstop. Imagine everything you do for a living. You know, I, I've said this before, you know, whether you're a logger, Heavy equipment mechanic, I don't know, garbage man, whatever you do for money. Now imagine doing that all day long as hard as you can because you want to be the best. One-handed because you got your damn camera in your other hand, you know. And right. the, yeah, the the camera work was a whole nother layer. Plus, I'm I'm primitive, dude. I had a flip phone till all this came on, you know. Right. I I, I don't I was untech and I'm still very untech. I mean, I gotta have i got to have my little survival helper here get techie for me. And, uh, but, but so, so I'm, they're, they're, they're liking my moves in the woods and things, but, but when the camera work started, now I'm pretty smart about making a scene, but I mean, as far as all the push button, making the cameras actually work, I, I had to bear down and fast track myself on that. Cause I know they weren't going to take anybody that couldn't use camera.
1: Now, let me, let me ask you this. Do they, they, I know they come for health checks. Um, every once in a while, uh, is that when they bring new batteries, new cameras and take what you've already, the footage you've already got?
2: Yeah. Is yep. that how they, that they, works? Yep. Yep. Yeah. When they, gotcha. when they come, just make sure you're okay and whatever, it make sure you're not losing too much weight and all that. Take a few vitals and then they take your dead batteries and gather up your full cards and leave you another big, that's the only thing we
1: did have lots of. <laughs> <laughs> right right and and how often do they do that you never know you never, you never know, know. <laughs> uh, they could be there every any other day just well know, no it just... ain't
2: that much it, it's nowhere near that much no because you know some some if they check us too much and like i said this wasn't me personally i don't need a whole lot of human contact i kind of got an issue with humans myself but mm-hmm. uh you know if they checked you too much some people could feed off that a little bit you know right Right. So they, they they it's pretty sporadic and and stretched and way out. And they stay there.
1: their distance. I mean, they take your vitals and they they're out. Yeah, oh yeah,
2: they ain't there entertaining you, no sir. Right, right. And uh But it's still a little contact. You know what I mean? If they did it too much, people could get get a little right. something from it. They 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 keep that to a bare minimum. But
0: but you know what's asked the most and everyone assumes come on, there's somebody else that's filming there. There's other cameras. They're monitoring it because what happens if they get attacked by a bear? I mean,
2: you're on your own, right? It's an authentic show, absolutely. No food, your 10 items. Everybody has standard clothes list. You know, everybody had two pair of trousers, two T-shirts. I forget exactly, but it was everybody had the same clothes list and 10 items and did your own filming it is an authentic show this is the real thing i know there's a lot of bullshit shows out there and this ain't one of them
1: roland i I have a question that you probably get asked in every interview but i know that people listeners of our podcast are going to want to know um what did you what are some of the things that you did with the million dollars if any i haven't butchered that up yet (laughs) at all
2: (laughs) <laughs> not, not, no, not really.
1: I bought a Good. couple
2: pair of uh, optics I had my eye on and, you know, and I did buy a motorcycle and take a little cruise, but I really haven't, I haven't really got around to that. I don't know what to do with all that. That's almost yeah. easier not to have it. Jesus, I got to figure out what I'm doing with it now. So, I, so I think I'll you just talk- put it away and forget about it.
1: Okay, so but you talk about doing you've mentioned a couple times the idea of like some showdown between the previous year's winners and a lot of money at stake. It's really not the money you care about. It's the title.
2: Oh, absolutely. I want the title. Yeah. Yeah. I I'll say it again. i I, I said it on my bio for this. I'm out to show the whole world. I'm the big bull of the Northwoods. That went down. And I'll fucking do it again unless they wait too long till I'm an old man.
1: Why won't they let us bet on this, Eric? <laughs> I know. Let's go, man. Let me ask you this, Roland: Is there somebody you've watched um, that's been a contestant on this show that you see as the most formidable opponent for you? uh-uh Jordan Jonas. You know, he
2: ain't nobody to shrug off for sure. You know, I, I, I didn't, I didn't get where I was at these days by. Uh, By underestimating the other man, you know, I, I, I do everything as hard as I can just in case somebody else is too. But yeah, Jordan, Jordan knows his shit for sure. And then there's Callie and Kyle and I don't know who's coming back. If, you know, I don't, it it could be the 10 winners or they could mix it up and make whoever, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's their show. They can do it however they want.
1: Right. But so.
2: The other ones, I didn't see nobody that causes me any concern at all, to tell you the truth. But then again, I don't want to get too uppity, and you know, but there's a lot of talent there, any one of them could be, could be a formidable. But you know, is there anything exactly, in the I'm is there exactly anything in the common world?
0: Room. Is there anything in in the world that we live in that interests you? When I say the world we live in, just you know, just what a we home. consider the normal
2: world
1: <laughs> yeah A home it. with food and plates you know shit like that <laughs> yeah. i kind of like to watch Al bundy once in a while yeah i, <laughs> I like
2: <see> it <laughs> <laughs> and you're kind of guy fun i love watching that
0: the ufc yeah
2: yeah that looks like a ball
0: i know the guy who's the matchmaker we'll see if we can get you to one of the fights
2: get some money but in there's there. a lot of
0: but once we get all the I, I don't even know if you know there's something called a coronavirus Roman. I don't know. You probably don't, you probably don't have any idea what the fuck we're talking about on this. Yeah. But once we're done with this, you may have to get a shot or two. Uh although I think you just power right through it. Um and
1: now you Roland, do have to
2: when you go to Roland UFC, there's
1: people. R- yeah, Roland doesn't actually have to get any sort of vaccine because there's uh a- there's anti-coronavirus properties in the butthole of porcupines. <laughs> so and and Roland knows that. So he's not even worried about it. But but Roland, you just said something that's really interesting that I want to go back to again. You said, Yeah, get some money involved and I'll go get in the cage with somebody, yet you don't care about money or you say you don't. So what well, money is it- money is how you keep score, you know? Like I got
2: a million points and they got zero. It's yeah. just it's just kind of how you keep score. I don't know. It's it's a weird thing with me.
1: It's true, yeah, but because that's true, Eric. It doesn't seem like you need it and it doesn't seem like you use it and it doesn't seem like you care about it yet. You want, you want it. He's right, though. Think about yeah. it.
0: Think about it, Eric. In sports, in sports, you have guys who can't possibly spend the money they've made, and yet they want contracts that are the highest paid. It is a scorekeeping mechanism,
2: hundred percent. To be that, goal. yeah. But there the has difference to be that goal. Like if there's a fight, I ain't gonna get beat up for fucking peanuts. You know, we got to see what kind of money's going down there.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, that, I mean, that's, I, that's, I, that seems yeah, reasonable I, to me. I, if we're setting up a UFC cage match with Roland, it's gonna not gonna be Roland in another human, it's gonna be Roland in a in a grizzly or rolling in a brown bear. <laughs> oh That's yeah, 100 percent It ain't yeah. gonna be a person, Roland. My,
2: You're fighting you want a fucking my animal. I want my axe. I want my axe. I, want my ass. I think the most dangerous is, is like a
0: mountain lion, I would think, or some type of cat. I would think they're more dangerous even than a bear. I don't know why I think that, but
2: man, I don't know about that. Them bears. Yeah.
0: I'll just stick with what your answer is. And bears are pretty
2: scary. And they climb like mothers. And they're they're just strong. <laughs> yeah, I got to have my axe for the bear gig.
0: Yeah. okay. We can make bear that guy, happen. Be an axe. Yeah. We'll give you an axe versus a bear. I think that's a fair
1: request. That's a fair ask. For sure. <laughs> for sure. How about some bear spray?
2: Nah, I don't need none of that.
1: <laughs> no, you don't need it. Don't need it. Roland, thanks for the time, man. We're gonna we're gonna let you we're gonna let you go, but I really appreciate it. Uh it, it was so fun to watch you on the show. I I loved every second of it and uh and I hope that they do another season with you and, and some of the other people and and I'll definitely be watching and rooting for you. Tell tell us where um if people are looking for an outfitter, if they're looking to find you, book a hunt, uh book a fish, book an adventure, uh where do they, where do they go?
2: yeah thank you go go to com. now you got you gotta kind of type in there hello i'm so and so looking to hunt whatever i don't care what you're saying just as long as you're looking for a hunt but leave your phone number yeah i gotta talk to you to get into the hunting thing you know if you gotcha just can't okay be done with with a few emails and then uh sure. you know there's my book on my website uh, there it is. Oh, okay. And that, that ain't just from, uh, alone. I've always had this book out, but we're going to add an alone chapter. And I really like this rock, house. rock house. Yes. Awesome. out rock out rock house.
1: Okay. How do I get that? Because that, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I want to get that. I'm going to send you my uh, email address. I mean, I'm going to email you my address uh, or I'll go to the website. Is that where I buy one?
2: Go wander around in that website. I don't know yes. how you do it. You get on there and click around, and so Roland. Let me
1: just. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just give you one thing of information. I you. You don't know this probably because you're not uh, tech savvy. Uh, but you don't actually even have to say www anymore. You can just say RolandWelker.com.
2: Right on. Yeah. I really want to change my middle name to Roland. Rock House welcome. Well, if yeah, you get it,
0: in a ring with the UFC, we can make that happen. Yeah, That's my you fight will be, yeah, be Rock House Welker. Yeah. And I in this it. corner,
1: Black Bear. <laughs> <laughs> Roland, I really appreciate it, man. You're you're the man. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy your life. Enjoy all the things that come your way because of this and uh whatever you want to do. I guess keep doing it.
2: Hey, you guys were fun. Swing back around sometime.
1: You got it for sure. We'll be in touch. You bet. Bye. Big shout out to friends of the program, Anthem Agency. Anthem is a motion design and brand imaging agency. They have uh, a strong record of guiding the creative strategy for their clientele in a broad range of industries. They'll help you with your graphic design needs, both print and digital. Look, it's 2021 everybody's trying to flush 2020 away, uh, trying to rebrand, re-strategize. How do we get back to normal? How do we get back in the mix? And not just back, but better. Uh, Anthem can help you do that. So check out their site, anthemagency.com, A-N-T-H-M, agency.com. Also on all the social platforms under the same name. Happy New Year, everybody. See you next week.